I would like to say good afternoon to everyone. My name is Sharon Lewis and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the president is Dr. Edward Ewell. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular 
or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane. A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the, excuse me, the preference of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses, atop of Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, 
the dragon or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, sa saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of a mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. Shirley Nelson of the Southfield, Michigan class, followed by scripture reading, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, which, we, which will be read by Dr. Val Valerie Lewis from our Springfield, Ohio class. Our readers for today's lecture will be Dr. Lauren Lewis and Dr. April Lewis. Dr. Nelson. Good afternoon, class. Can we all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer? We wanna thank you, Heavenly Father Yahweh, for all of your blessings, your many blessings that you have given to us today. We thank you for the grace that you have given us. We thank you for your long suffering with us. We thank you for the patience that you have had with us all. We continue to ask you for these blessings, Yahshua, and we ask that you give us the power, your power to withstand and to stand during these turbulent times that we are in. We ask that you encourage our souls and you give us peace within our hearts and to allow us to always look to you for all things and to give us comfort in our time of need. We ask that the Holy Spirit abound with us and remain with us always. Let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, O Yahweh. All praises to Yahshua Messiah. Let us all say, hallelujah. 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 The scripture reading for this afternoon's class is 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. And I'll be reading that out of the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old New Testaments. It was critically compared with ancient authorities in various manuscripts, and it was revised by the late A.B. Trainer of the Scripture Research Association. Second Corinthians, the third chapter. Do we, be, do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of the Messiah, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living Elohim, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such confidence have we through the Messiah toward Yahweh. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of Yahweh 
who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stone, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall how shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of the com condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished, that which is abolished, excuse me, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in the Messiah. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, we then, we, they, when they shall turn to Yahweh, the veil shall be taken away. Now Yahweh is spirit, and where the spirit of Yahweh is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of Yahweh are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of Yahweh that was second Corinthians the third chapter hallelujah hallelujah thank you Dr. Shirley Nelson and Dr. Valerie Lewis for the prayer and for the scripture reading and at this time we want to um, state to all of our zoom participants that we ask that your, micro your microphone is muted unless you are called on to speak and that your video is turned off. We also ask that when speakers see the five minute bell chart to please acknowledge verbally that you have seen it. We want to acknowledge our visiting brethren. We have visiting from our Springfield, Ohio branch, Dr. Frank Lewis and Dr. Valerie Lewis. We welcome all of our participants. We hope and trust in Yahshua that you will enjoy the lectures. And now it is a pleasure to call on for our first speaker from the Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Anitra Morgan. Dr. Morgan. Let me give her a moment. Okay, she probably don't have a clear. Are you there, doctor? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you now. I'm sorry. I'm listening to the right. I'd like to say good morning to the class. if you can take yourself off the speakerphone. You sound very I, I far away. Okay, I, that's just it. Then I'm not going to speak because I'm using two different um, 
devices than I can. Well, you sound good right there. So whatever it is you just did, it's fine. I didn't join it. Okay. Okay. Um, I like to say good morning to the class. It's always a pleasure to give praises to Yahshua the Messiah. I really, um, really been enjoying classes uh, lately. It's um, I know some people don't like the Zoom, but I think it's uh, I think it's been a, a, a blessing, really, because we're still able to uh, listen to class and be a part of class, and it's so important for us to still have this in this day and time. It keeps me stable uh, within this world because it's it's needed very bad. Um, I don't have a lot of heart on my heart and mind. I'm just so grateful that Yahshua is continuing to hold on to me throughout this uh, time that we're living in and that he still have us focus on him and know that there's nothing else in this world but him that gives us strength through this day and time. And uh, with that, I'd just like to say hallelujah. I'm just very grateful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Garrett. Um, excuse me, I did call you uh, Morgan. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call on, also from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Shirley Nelson. Dr. Nelson? Good afternoon, class. Again, I'm uh, also glad to have anything to say about this divine teaching and the blessings that Yahweh has given us to allow us to know something about himself. I, um, I'm just gonna go uh, with what I've had on my heart and mind. And I also wanna go over there and get for me Psalms 103, if you will. And I don't know where Yahweh will take me with it, but I just wanna give praises to him today. That's Psalms 103. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and all that is in, I'm sorry, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Stop. Now, I just wanted, wanted her to stop right there because I want to point out that the psalmist is ready to say now all the benefits, and we know they're not all the benefits of Yahweh. But I thought it was so important and so beautiful, the way that it's laid out. He said, forget not all his benefits. Read, please. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy mouth is renewed like the eagles. Yahweh executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Yahweh is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, 
nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Mm. Like as a father pitieth his children, so Yahweh pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. For as man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of Yahweh is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. You can stop there. I just wanted to have that read, and I've been reading it lately because it fills my heart. It's their beautiful words, and they're so clear what Yahweh is saying to us today, that he does, there are benefits in knowing Yahshua. There's truly benefits. And as the Psalmist says, he healeth all iniquities. He redeems, he forgiveth all iniquities, I'm sorry. He healeth all diseases. He redeems thy life from destruction. And we know we've all, all of our lives have been in destruction from Adam. It was Joshua who removed that from us. He crowneth us with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed. And then it goes on and talks about how he made known his ways unto Moses. And I remember when my mom used to read this prayer to her children, she'd gather us around and sit us down and she would read the scripture. And my mom would say, he made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. And then she say, I don't know what that means. And I remember her saying that. And she said, I don't know exactly what that means, that he made known his ways unto Moses. And it took all coming all the way down here, growing up, first of all, and then coming down to this school and having this school explain what that what actually was, that he revealed his purpose of what he was doing and who he was to Moses. As a matter of fact, we understand that Moses was the first one that Yahweh gave his name to. But I wanna just finish my train of thought on this scripture first. And then he goes on and he talks about the graciousness and the mercy of Yahweh and that he is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. And we've all experienced Yahshua's mercy toward us. And he goes on further down and says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards us. And I, 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 was, I was realizing how much that the psalmist was bringing out Yahshua's mercy. And he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed transgressions from us. I mean, he's a, like a father, he pitied his children because he knows our frame and he remembers that we are but dust. And I just think it's so beautiful the way these words, they're almost po poetic. But the part, and this scripture goes on and take the time and read it yourself. It's a beautiful scripture all the way through. But the verse that gets me the most is the 17th verse, where he says, the mercy of Yahweh is from everlasting to everlasting. So mm -hmm. Yahweh has great mercy. And most of us don't even deserve his mercy. But he set a purpose and plan from the very beginning when he created this creation. And it was truly love and it was truly mercy. See, that he gave us of, gave us of himself. 
And that mercy is everlasting to everlasting, which means it does not end. But it is upon them that fear him and his righteousness to children's children. So I say, take the time and read that scripture as well as the other scriptures because we have been given so much. But I want you to go over there since I made that point about Moses and what Yahweh did do. I want you to also go over to the fulfillment and I want you to pick it up in Yahshua's words. And I believe that's in John or Luke, I believe it is, where he talks about that he, uh, and beginning at Moses, if you will. And as you're getting that, uh, as, he, as I went on to say earlier, is that Moses was the first that he gave his name to. Prior to Moses giving, or Yahweh giving Moses his name at the burning bush, he was known as El Shaddai, which meant or means almighty provider. But Yahweh had to set up and executed a purpose, see, whereby he was going to reveal himself and make himself known to mankind. And so he raised up a situation with Moses where Moses had to come up under the household of Pharaoh and had to be raised up in that household there and did not know of Yahweh or did not know his name. As a matter of fact, as we most all, all of us know that in Egypt where Moses was raised up in, see there were Lord's many and God's many and they all did have names. But now Yahweh caused Moses to uh, partake or to go through a situation where as he got older that he had to go out among his brother and look upon the bondage that they were in and Moses and he told uh, and he, Moses one day went out and saw a Hebrew and an Egyptian fighting and Moses interceded between them and Moses then killed the Egyptian see or the next day when he you know he or he killed the Egyptian I'm sorry and then it was known and he hid him and buried him in the sand. And the next day Moses goes out and he sees two Hebrew brethren that are quarreling and fighting among themselves and he intercedes again. And the one that's in the wrong says, are you going to kill me as you did the Egyptian? Moses knowing that this thing that he did is known, he flees into the wilderness of Sinai. And that's what you're looking here on this chart, our, uh, what we call our Moses chart. See, and he came up there out of Egypt. And so he fleed into the wilderness of Sinai. And you see up here where it says Mount Sinai in Arabia. And Moses flees out there in the, in the wilderness, see. And then one day on the backside of the mountain, Yahweh speaks to Moses. And I want you to pick it up there in that third chapter and that third. But first, I want you to go to the scripture that I asked for in Luke, if you will. That's Luke uh, 24 and 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he said to them in beginning at Moses, now he's talking to these men who after his death, burial, and resurrection, they're saddened because this is the third day and the Messiah said he would resurrect on the third day. So he approached them and their eyes were hoping or Yahweh did not let them know who he was or Yahshua did not let him know who he was. And they were sad and he asked them, why are you so sad? And they said, because our, our, our master was killed and this is the third day and we expected him to resurrect it. And so that's when the Messiah then says, and if you read that again, oh fools. 
Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So he said, you're slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And so we know that the prophets is part of the scriptures, the law being the first part of the book or the first five books. And the next 34 books are known as the prophets or the law and the prophets. So he began at the law and the prophets or at Moses, because that's where you pick up Moses. He says, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe, all not the prophets, read. All that the prophets have spoken. Mm -hmm. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Read. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And so now he began at Moses, and that's where we're going to go right back to is Moses. And I started at Moses first, giving you a prelude of that story. But he said he began at Moses and all the prophets, or the law and the prophets, you know, about all the things that was written in the scriptures and how they were all about me and you. Anybody no. listening? No, they're not about me and you. They're about him. They're all those scriptures are about Yahshua, the Messiah. So now I want you to go back. And then another thing I want to point out, and this is just in case there's anybody here on this and didn't look to see who was, but if anybody's listened to us, because listen, we realize that we have a responsibility. I've been listening to a lot of different classes too. And one of the things that's coming out is that Yahweh who has laid this scripture out and have given it to those who have an ear to hear and to believe it has a responsibility to continue to preach this gospel no matter what. And that we will do, Yahweh willing. And we want to be obedient to that, that we must do, because there are people out there, and we all know we have a different, different classes where they're testifying. The people from all over the world are listening and joining in on these lectures. We have the brethren that comes out from uh, Australia that comes here to Southfield Branch every now and then. And we have other, other people that are coming from different countries to listen to these lectures. Now see, Yahweh is awesome. He knows exactly what he's doing. When he talked that this gospel, had, when he said this gospel had to go out among the world to all the world, we are obligated to preach it. This venue that he has set up here with Zoom is astronomical. I mean, literally it is. And even though many of us miss physically seeing the brethren in physical schools, because most of us don't have, some schools are physical still, but it's just a few, but we're able to connect and to continue with the preaching through Zoom, which we all know Zoom is like we're zooming in. See, it's being made very, very clear. It's pictorial right in front of us. No longer are we straining to even see the charts. They're right there. You know, Yahweh is just so awesome. And he's let it, allowed it to go all out on the world wide web because this is the gospel. This gospel here is the one that is going to be able to save our souls if we hear it and if we receive it and if we believe the death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua, the Messiah. And so we are dedicated to preaching it. And I just wanted to say that, but now if you go back over there to, uh, Moses over here at the burning at the third chapter if you can get that for me of Exodus please let's Exodus three and one now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the backside of the desert 
and came to the mountains of Elohim, even to Horeb. And the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in the flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Stop, please. Mm -hmm. Now, I just want to stop there and bring that point out, too. And I know this is nothing new, but it is the power of this gospel. Because when I came in, I didn't know anything about the true name of Yahweh. And somebody took the time to take the time to share this with me and to point it out in the scriptures that Yahweh did a work. So he appeared unto Moses in this bush. And he says, and the bush burned, but the bush wasn't being consumed. So we know that's not a normal sight because first of all, they're over there in the desert in Mount Sinai in Arabia as desert. So here's a bush that's burning out there and it's, but it's not being burned up, it's just on fire. So Moses says, I'm gonna turn inside and see this great sight. Well, it was always brought out through by the vision, even though those words were in the book, but we didn't, I didn't really understand when he said, I'm going to turn aside to see. He wasn't talking about turning his body aside or turning his head aside. He's looking at that bush. But what he's going to turn aside is his concepts, his opinion, his theory, his ideal about what it is that he's seeing. So and that's what we have to do when we come into this gospel. We got to put aside all the things that we previously thought, all the things we previously held on to. Dr. Kenley used to say it like this. He used to say, when you come to class, bring a glad bag. And I used to think when I first heard that, what is he saying? That sounds so crazy. But what do you know? And then <laughs> I always wonder why glad bag? Now I understand because you're happy to put that stuff in there. He says, you bring a glad bag and everything that you learn, Anything that you learn and you're enlightened by, we're talking about his name right now. You're enlightened, being enlightened by the name. When you see that, you take that previous concept and theory and ideal and opinion that you had about his name and what you used to call him and you put that in a glad bag. Just put it right on up. And after a period of time, that bag is going to be full. And you're gonna take that glad bag and you're gonna do what you do with most trash. You're gonna throw it out. See, and now it's glad, it's a glad bag because you're glad to be rid of it. When you know the truth, you're glad to be done with the lies and the innuendos and the falsehoods and the myths and the concepts and all that kind of stuff. You're glad to be done, the theories, you're glad, be done with it and see this great sight. And the great sight is Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah in you having the Holy Spirit in you, understanding that Yahweh has a purpose. See, that he came right out of pure spirit and stepped into a physical body to show you that purpose. And I want you to go over there and get that for me. Just get in and hold it right now. And then you might have to remind me that I am having you hold it where he talks about without controversy. I want that. But I want to finish this because I had on my heart just a thinking, praising the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. See, it is salvation in that name is salvation in Yahshua. Go over there and get for me real quick, John, the first chapter. 
We're going to come back to this, but give me John, the first chapter where he says over there how that for as many as believed in his name. I just want to put that in there so that you can see where I'm going. Okay, so you don't, you want me to drop down to that actual part? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, let me or one scripture that. above, maybe. I don't know. I can't, I, I don't have it in front of me to see where it starts at. No, no worries. Um, <clears throat> let me uh, start at 10. That's John 1 and 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of Yahweh, even to them that believe on his name. Now, that's what I wanted, read because that is so beautiful. See, he gave them power to be, become sons, see, of Elohim, even to them that believe on his name. So there's some belief that we've got to have, but you can't believe it. And you got to go and get that scripture for me, too. How can they believe unless they hear it? So you can't believe it unless you hear it. That's why it has to be preached. Can you get that for me real quick? Romans 10, 13, probably. Okay. Um, that's Romans 10, excuse me, and 13. Uh, okay, Romans 10 and 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be delivered. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? And how, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring and bring glad tidings of good things. Okay, thank you, reader. And I just wanted to have that ring. How do, whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. Now, either we believe that or either we don't. But how are you going to call on him in whom you have not believed? And how can you believe if you haven't heard? And so that's why it's absolutely important. See, when Dr. Kinley brought out that name, it was a period of time that the school was existing before he brought out the name. But then when he brought out that name of Yahshua Messiah, and he said, from this day forward, we are not to use Lord God and Jesus Christ because it's erroneous. But for the sake of being able to share the gospel and to gradually bring people in, he did it according to a purpose. And it even goes even further and deeper than that. But I just want to move on to say back here with Moses, see, he was given, he was told to, to, to go back over there to Moses, the 13th verse, if you will. And he said, he will now turn, turn aside and see this great thing, this sight. So now we are turning aside to see the sight. We're going to listen and we're going to hear. Read, please. Exodus 3 and um, 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Stop. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing it like this because that's how it was done for me. When he saw that Moses turned aside to see, then Elohim called him by name, Moses, Moses. 
Now that's what he wants us to do. Turn aside our thoughts, our ways, our attitudes, our lives, our positions, our everything. See the sight. When we do that, when we surrender that to Yahweh, then he calls you by name. Read, please. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim. And Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Parasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayst bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto Elohim, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve Elohim upon this mountain. And Moses said unto Elohim, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, Elohim of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Stop. Now you see that? Now, again, most of us didn't know that was even in the Bible. That Moses asked God, as it says in the King James Bible, and as the world believes, asked him, what is your name? When I come back, you want to send me to Egypt and deliver them. But when I go to them and say, the God of your fathers have sent me, and they asked me, what is his name? What shall I say unto you? Now, Moses asked a very valid, reasonable, very intelligent question. Why? Because he knew down in Egypt, there were lords many and gods many. I said that earlier. See, there were worship of everything. And you can, you can read, you can pull up on the internet, the gods of Egypt, and you will see a multiplicity of them. But guess what? They all have names. So Moses couldn't go down there and just say, God sent me to deliver you. He had to give them a name. So he knew that. So he asked them, what shall I say to them? Read. 14th verse. And, Yah and Elohim said unto Moses, Ayah, Asher, Ayah. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I will be have sent me unto you. So Yahweh gave Moses at that time, a description of himself. And he says, Aya Asher Aya, which means I will be what I will to be. See, 
See, that's what Yahweh is. You see what I'm saying? He wills to be whatever it is that he wills to be. He is the creator. You see? So go ahead, read. And Elohim said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Now, don't miss that. Now, he says, he said, Yahweh said, moreover to Moses, thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, he's talking to Moses about his forefathers. See, I was the Elohim of Abraham. See, Abraham, the father of nations, so they call him. I'm the Elohim of Isaac. I'm the one that talked to Isaac. See, I'm the Elohim of Jacob. See, I'm the one who spoke with Jacob. See, and all of you follow that train on down. So he didn't just be, he didn't just come into existence talking here at Moses at this burning bush. No, he took them back into lineage, took them back into the beginning and told them, I'm the God, I'm their Elohim. See, like people, we want to say God, but if you're going to say God, listen, Yahweh Elohim is the God of God. See, that's who mm -hmm. he is. So we're not talking about a God that can't do. We're talking about one who spoke to the elements and the elements reacted. You understand what I'm trying to say? Who created this very creation, see, and have caused it to remain consistently, put the planets in the heavens and will not allow those planets to run into each other. See, and cause the earth to turn on its axle and place that sun exactly at the right spot so that it's not too close or too far from the earth, too close to burn it up, too far to make it freeze. It's right in the exact spot it has to be at. See, Yahweh, you can't even begin, I can't begin to say all of the magnificent power and things that our creator has done and has proven. So he is the that God that we're talking about. Not someone that you can't even, you can't even follow a trace line as to where, I'm talking about these names. You can't even follow where it actually originated from. And then if you did find where it originated from, you find it was just a whole lot of junk and crap you know, where this name, that name for God came from, see. But we're talking about this Elohim is the true God, the true Elohim, if you will. So go ahead, read. And he said, but he, uh, we, we, you had to, you did read that in the 15th verse, I think it was, see. Yes, you want me to read it again? Please read it again. 15th verse. And Elohim said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. See, he said, this is my name forever. Remember we talked earlier over there in the Psalms, he says that his mercy was everlasting, the everlasting same thing. This is my name forever. When does forever end? It doesn't. It's forever. It will never end. Yahweh never, he not, Yahweh didn't have a beginning as we think of beginning. He always was. And he does not have an end as we think of an end. He is eternal and he is forever. So long story short, because I want to go back. 
But I just want to just say that Moses did indeed was obedient and went down by the hand of Yahweh and brought the children of Israel up out of that land. See, actually, you know, he didn't, he went down there and he didn't tell the children of Israel to get their Uzis together and the machine guns and things of that nature, even though we know they didn't have it. But he went on down there and said to take out a lamb, see. And that lamb that he had to take out was, uh, was, was actually the, in reality speaking about Yahshua the Messiah, see. But Yahweh, I just want to say that Yahweh caused him to have, have to, to made a situation there, see, where it was going to be the blood of that lamb, see, that they had to be a lamb. And I need you to go over there and get that in the 12th chapter of, um, is that Exodus? Exodus. Yeah. Right, if you get that over in the 12th chapter, and then um, I'll try to move with this because I know time is going to come up. Go ahead, read, please. That's Exodus 12 and 1. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the I'm land sorry, of reader. I'm sorry. I do want to say this first. Before they were delivered out of that land, though, Yahweh caused 10 devastating plagues to fall upon that land. Mm -hmm. And those plagues had to be on those lands, and they were grievous plagues. You know, we talk about this COVID plague that we have right now. And isn't it interesting? They call it COVID-19. One in nine is 10. So it sounds to me, it's a similar situation going on here. There was 10 plagues down there. We somewhat have, if you could look at it that way, even though there have been many that have actually counted the different plagues and situations that have transpired in this earth plane that we know of right now. But I just wanted to bring that point out, the Yahweh story overturns and overturns. So he has in the situation down here in Egypt that he's caused plagues upon the land. And if anybody read anything or read anything or know anything about those plagues, see the Egyptians, they lived in one part of the land, if you will, they were in Egypt, but the Israelites, they had their area that was over in, uh, what was the area called in? Um, Goshen. Goshen, I'm sorry, I couldn't think of the name, in Goshen. And that's where most of the Israelites, they did leave, live. And so these plagues that was upon the land affected both the Egyptians and the Israelites when it came to the first three of those plagues. That's what affected both Egyptians and Israelites. And after that third plague, see the remaining of those plagues that, that took place down there, the children of Israel were not affected by it. What am I talking about? We're talking about a situation where Yahweh just protected them. Do you see what I'm saying? He was always right there with them. He was their provider for them. See, but now they came through that they came, they had to come to a particular time where they were going to leave Egypt. And Moses told them to take out a lamb. And I need you to read it at that point. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You should take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel 
shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is Yahweh's Passover. Thank you, reader. Now, I had heard read that because I wanted you, I hope everybody was just listening to that. But see, now I want to go back because it's pointing to a particular thing. See, when we read these things, and I've read that before I came into this class, but I didn't know what that was pointing to. And so Yahshua just showed us, see, this is my story. See, so when he told Seth to take out a lamb, you remember she went on to say that that, that lamb had to be held, taken out on the 10th and held over for 14 and until the 14th. So it's held over for four days. That's pointing to something because Joshua Messiah had to come in to the end, end at the end of the 4,000th year. See, in other words, chronologists right now today can just map at that particular time that he even came in on the scene, see, at the end of that 4,000 year, the Messiah has to come in because zeros have no value. So the four days that they were holding the lamb on is typifying the 4,000 years of the Messiah that you're gonna come in and see him. You see what I'm saying? And then not only that, we got a sun up there in the ethereal heavens. See this typifying that right there, that sun is just a type of the true sun, which is Joshua the Messiah. You see what I'm saying? So that sun up there was placed in the heavens on the fourth day. See, so you got a another principle of that fourth. You see what I'm saying? Or that son being placed on the fourth day is testifying to Yahshua Messiah who came in on the 4,000th year. See, also testifying to this lamb that they had to hold over for four days. You see how this thing is lining up? Because that's what Yahshua does. He said, line upon line. That's that, that's that law that's written down into the scripture. See, when you understand or with as far as this gospel is concerned, he said, whom shall he teach knowledge to? and to make understand doctrine, them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast, for precept must be upon precept. So we're talking about these precepts, line upon line, and here a little, and there a little. So they had to take that lamb on out on the fourth day, or hold it over for four days, see? Then they had to examine the lamb, why? Because the lamb had to be without, without, without spot and blemish. Why? Because Messiah is gonna come in and he can't have no fault. He can't have no blemish. He can't have something wrong going on. He can't be with sin. You see what I'm saying? He's got to be faultless. So that's what the lamb back there in Egypt is pointing to the Messiah, see, who has to be without blemish. If the, if the lamb had, see, anything, if it was a, a, well, anyway, let me go on from there. So they had to hold that in. He had to be without spot or blemish. It had to be a male of the first year, it says there. And then it talks about keeping it over until the 14th day. See, and then now they said, you shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts. So that 
lamb had to be sacrificed, if you will, and they had to take that blood of the lamb and they had to strike it on the two side posts of the door. See, likewise, the Messiah comes in and he's got to be nailed in his hands when he's put up there on that cross. You see that? That's us now on both hands. See, he's actually like on a door, if you will. And the Messiah did say, I am the door. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that blood that's being placed on the door is really pointing to the blood of the Messiah. He being the door. You see what I'm saying? Thank you. I see the bell. And so now he had to be striped in his two hands. You see what I'm saying? And it had to be a crown of thorns on the top part of his head because that's representing that blood put it, put it, being put on the upper doorpost of the house seat. The two side posts and the upper doorpost wherever they should eat the blood. And then it goes on and says, and you shall eat that flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so now, so this is pointing to Yahshua Messiah. He being that true lamb, they had to come in and be sacrificed for the sins of the world. You see what I'm saying? And it was through by his death and that he did die because he did go through that death. And then he had to be buried in Joseph's new tomb for three days and three nights. And then he was going to resurrect, see, which he did do, which in Messiah, that's all pointing to, see. And I didn't, I didn't, I know I missed the part when they, you know, I'm rushing now, but missed the part when they came on through that Red Sea. And that's the one thing that I want to end on right here now is that when they came to that Red Sea, after they had put the blood on the doors and so forth, because the death angel came through and passed through Egypt that night. And wherever the blood was on that door, it says when the death angel would see the blood on the death, he will pass over. See, that's where that Passover come from, if you will. He would just pass over and wouldn't suffer that household to be, uh, to die or to be killed. Now, we have to see the reality of that. You know, we have to see the reality of Yahshua, the door or the house that we're truly talking about is this house, your own body. See, your own house. See, you see what I'm saying? And when Yahshua Messiah sees the blood, the blood of him, if you remember, they were put, the book says, put it on the door, but where they put that blood at was on the inside of the house. In Cecil B. DeMille's, you saw his depiction of the Ten Commandments where the blood was on the outside, but it was put on the inside of the door. Why? Because that's where your blood is at. So when Yahshua sees his blood, that means that blood that you have received him in you, see, he's still looking for the blood. See, so when he sees that blood in you, see, then the death angel passes over. That's what he wants to see is Joshua in us, see, in our house, in our own minds and in our own consciousness. That's where salvation is. Let me have Philippians over there because I just want to just end with the point that Yahshua Messiah, there is no other greater name than Yahshua the Messiah. And Dr. Kinley talked about how that the Holy Spirit was our only hope. Well, when Yahshua died on the cross, then that's when he was able to pour out his spirit in the hearts and mind of man. So once that spirit is placed on the heart and mind of you, how? By hearing the gospel, by receiving it, accepting it, believing it in you through the name of Yahshua Messiah. That's how you receive it in you. And when you have that in you, he says, if you have that, you are saved. If I am in you, if you believe in me, you are saved. You see what I'm saying? He's your healer. 
He's your judge. He's your, he's, he's, he's all that you can ever want and desire. He is the comforter. He will give you peace of heart and mind. He will cause these things to just go away. We go through situations. I just went through a situation and I had to call on Yahshua to be my comfort, see, mm-hmm. to be my strength, to come out of the situation. I'm not saying we won't go through things, but one thing we must know is that if we do, it is Yahshua who shall deliver us as he did back in all through the scriptures he has been a deliverer and he has continued to be a deliverer i want to thank you for the opportunity to have anything to say i hope you got something out of it and that some of it you could understand but i just praise joshua and thank joshua for his glory his mercy and for the grace that he has bestowed upon me and us and us all i thank you for the time hallelujah 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 Thank you, Dr. Shirley Nelson. And now it is a pleasure to call on for our second speaker visiting with us from our Springville, Ohio branch, Dr. Frank Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Good afternoon. I've always enjoyed the brethren in the Springfield, I mean, Southfield class. (laughs) And uh, just like today, that was a beautiful thing. Uh, uh, There's a lot to talk about as the previous speaker was getting into. And uh, we're, this is a divine vision revelation and we wouldn't have known nothing if uh, the vi- divine vision revelation wasn't given to the end of this age. So we're thankful. And Yahshua Messiah, he's the one that's showing us the vision and he, the Holy Spirit in you will give you the revelation. And if it doesn't happen, then you're gonna be uh, not teaching it correctly. So it's Yahshua Messiah that teaches the correct, as the previous speaker was talking about. And you can tell David did have a divine vision revelation, just like Moses, uh, uh, with the things that he wrote. And he wrote so many things. And the last verse that he wrote, uh, Psalms 150 and 6, he said, let everything that hath breath praise Yahweh. Hallelujah. You understand? Those are the hallelujah chapters, Psalms 146 through 150, because they begin with hallelujah and they end with hallelujah. But if you had a King James Version, you wouldn't know that because that praise ye the Lord (laughs) really is supposed to be hallelujah. But they done took Mm -hmm. Yahweh's name out of the Bible. And as she said that uh, and it was Yahshua, which is another great mystery. It's Yahshua that was down there in Egypt given the name of Yahweh because that's Yahweh in a body which is another great mystery (laughs) the whole thing's a great mystery so as she was talking about his great name and from everlasting everlasting that's in a couple places in the bible so where she was reading in psalms uh i mean uh exodus 3 15 that thou shalt uh uh, elohim said moreover unto moses uh this what you tell tell the children of israel that Yahweh the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever and a memorial throughout all generations. That name, and they didn't, and nobody knew that name before that time. Uh, you understand? In other words, it was revealed to Moses and that's proven by the pattern, especially where he is. But how it's proven by the pattern, he's in the holy place and the altar of incense is where you had the high priest garments where it said, Holiness unto Yahweh. You understand? And that was, uh, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, read Psalms 135, 13, 
and Isaiah 63, uh, 16 there. There's a lot of great scriptures on the name, you know, Isaiah 42 and 8. Uh, I'm Yahweh. That's my name. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. That's a holy name. It's a heavenly name. And uh, it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you how great that name is. You understand? Uh, you got those scriptures? April, are you there? Just read it when you get it. I'm Psalms sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's Psalms 135 and 13. Right. Thy name, Yahweh, endureth forever, and thy memorial, Yahweh, throughout all generations. See, that's the same thing he said in Exodus uh, 315 is the same as Exodus or Psalms 135, 13. David's writing that one, see. And in Psalms 148, 13, he says, thy name alone is excellent. <laughs> You know, you got Isaiah 63, 16 there. Isaiah 63 and 16. Doubtless thou art our father, though Abraham be ignorant of us, and Israel knowledge us not. Thou, O Yahweh, art our father, our redeemer. Thy name is from everlasting. See, his name is from everlasting. See, uh, the other everlasting, everlasting, I think that's Psalms uh, 90 and 1. Read that. That's Psalms 90 and 1. Excuse me, 90 and 1. O Yahweh, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art ill. Yeah. And then when you read the fourth verse. For a thousand years in thy sight, are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. Yeah. So he's calling that thousand years as a, as a, as yesterday and as a watch in the night and see from, from the fall of Adam. Uh, well, read 90 and 10 since you're there. Psalms 90 and 10. The days of our years are three score years and 10. Why are they three score and 10? That is the average lifespan of man, 70. It's because Adam died in his consciousness the day Yahweh told him, to, uh, don't eat, and he ate and, and he died. It was reflected 930 years later with his body. Mm -hmm. So when you take 1,000 and subtract 930, you get 70. That's why he given man 70, his offspring mm -hmm. 70 to live down here at the end of the age. It's a lot of stuff there, boy. Uh, and it says by strength, you can get four score, which would be 80 years. See, uh, and you see how it's up to date? He wrote that almost 3,000 years ago. Okay, but it was the Holy Spirit that showed it to him. Then in John 5, 43, Joshua said, uh, I come in my father's name and you receive me not. Mm -hmm. Let another come in his own name, him you will receive. And that's what most of us, that's all we ever heard until we come down to school was hearing Lord God and Jesus. And uh, Lord, it, it come down there from, uh, well, you read when Yahweh gave him his name, even when Yahshua died or as Joshua back there, you read that there rose up another generation who didn't know Yahweh and they started worshiping Baal. 
and Baal means Lord. And then, you know, and then in 1 Kings 18, that was that. See, if you got a King James Version, you got Elijah in 1 Kings 18 talking about the Lord, and you got the other guys, the 450 false prophets of Baal, they're calling on Lord. So what, what would be the what would be the problem there? <laughs> it was because he was saying Yahweh and they were saying Lord or Baal. Mm -hmm. Baal means Lord. We didn't know that. And that's and there's so you still got Baal worshipers out there. You know how many churches are saying Lord God, Jesus Christ. And that's how mm -hmm. blessed we are. You know, the Holy Spirit knows his name and knows his father's name. And that's why he's able to teach it to you. So when you go to John 17 and three, he said, and this is life eternal that they might know eternal life is to know. And as you've got the Psalms 130 verse, the 103 verse seven, he made his ways known unto Moses, his acts in Israel. He said, that which may be known, well, what have we got? To, or this is life eternal. They might know that Yahweh is the only true Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent. See, eternal life is to know that he's Yahweh, and he's Elohim, and he's Yahshua. These three mm -hmm. are one. See, uh, then he says, I finished the work that the father gave me to do. You understand? We didn't know he had, they didn't know that's what his mission was walking around in 33 years, you know, because he instituted as Joshua, Joshua, the son of Nun, and he fulfilled it. And just as she was getting the lamb down there, see, uh, right there, maybe I'll finish up the name there. Uh, uh, mm. Read John 20 and 30 and 31 and then get Acts 4 and 12. And I think she was wanting to get to Philippians 3 and 20, 21. Might as well read that. Read the Ephesians 1, 21. I mean, this is our first love when we first learned the name, boy. And it don't stop. People say, you still preaching the name? Yep. Salvation's in the name. Matter of fact, when they come up out of the land of Egypt, she was talking about the lamb killed. It was killed April the 14th. They had the Passover. The lamb had to be in them. And also they were in a place called Goshen. And Dr. Kinley showed that. The one of the Hebrew letters, I forget which letter, it might be the 20th letter or some letter. It's called Shin. So Goshen, Shin means flesh. So Goshen is, see when the flesh goes, that, that mm -hmm. that's the best land when you <laughs> and it's the spirit that 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 cast away the flesh. Uh, and it's kind of what scripture lesson, so maybe we have to get there. So here. April 14th, they killed the Passover. Then they were buried, uh, lambs in them, and they they were buried in the cloud and sea, and they resurrected into the wilderness. So it was by death, burial, resurrection, they're delivered out of physical bondage. Mm -hmm. It's to show you how that you're delivered out of spiritual bondage through the gospel of Yahshua Messiah, that he's the lamb of Yahweh to take away the sin of the world. He died on April the 14th to fulfill that lamb that was killed down in Egypt on April the 14th, where they put the blood on the lentil door. It had to be without spot, without blemish. And that's why you don't mess with this doctrine. You mess with right. the doctrine and you start twisting it up, then you got a lamb with spot and with blemish. And mm -hmm. it ain't good. You know what I'm saying? They're eating filth. Well, you know, it ain't the lamb really either. You don't got some cheap substitute. So he died on April the 14th. And see, the first feast day in Leviticus 23, it talks about being April the 14th. The second feast, that's the feast, Passover feast, and he's the Passover lamb. And it says in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, Joshua, our Passover was sacrificed for us. See, the real Passover. 
And then when you pours out the Holy Spirit, that was a that was the real Passover because they passed over from being carnally minded to being spiritually minded. And that's when the really the new covenant came of effect, which is the scripture lesson there. And that new covenant, uh, oh boy, uh, uh, yeah, that new covenant, you know, the New Testament ain't written in the Bible. And we learned that through this divine visual revelation. You say, what? How can the New Testament not be written in the Bible? Because it's written in your heart and mind. <laughs> That's what he said the New Testament is going to be. And then where they call the New Testament in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John ain't the New Testament because he's fulfilling the Old Testament. See how blessed we are? See, to be taught the truth. You understand? And that's why the scripture lesson said we're able ministers of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. You know, we ain't Cain. We're able. <laughs> and you know, a Cain, it even makes a letter J, don't it? Anyway. <clears throat> and he killed his brother Abel. He killed his brother Abel. That's something. The first two brothers on the airplane and one kills the other because he's jealous of his brother's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. See? <clears throat> and that's, you know, okay. Uh, so the, the April the 14th, the feast, of the Passover and Yahshua Messiah, our Passover was sacrificed for us. And then when he died, buried, resurrected and poured out the Holy Spirit, that was a Passover for them because they was carnally minded until they received the Holy Spirit. And that's the same way with you. You're naturally minded. You were deceived by natural things, just like the world being deceived by natural things now. See, but, but you could be made a new creature in the Messiah. See, with this true gospel being preached to you. And just as the lamb was killed down in Egypt and they had to eat a feast. Well, this gospel is a feast. There's a lot of stuff to eat on, ain't it? You understand? Matter of fact, it said if the household be too little for the lamb, you invite somebody over. You understand? Because it's this thing's too big for us. So that's why uh, we invite, you know, uh, people to come and eat this great feast that we have here. See, and before we come here, we was eating the Lord's Supper, and boy, they're giving us crackers and grape juice. You understand? That ain't no supper. That ain't no feast, neither. And we were doing it in a church. It was never done in church one time. You had to be circumcised, and we didn't have the minister checking us, see if we were circumcised or not. <laughs> it was done at night, and they do it in the morning. It was done, and they're doing it in the church. It was done in the house. You see how he got everything wrong? It was given to the Israelites. It was never given to the. And then there's one verse in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 11, 20. When you therefore come into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And if you have a Schofield reference Bible, it'll say you cannot eat it. Why? Because it's been fulfilled. It was nailed to the cross. He took it out of the way. You can't have a feast without a sacrifice. So if you're still keeping a feast and still eating a supper, then you're saying you're denying his sacrifice. See, that's some serious stuff there, you see? So I uh, guess I'm kind of running kind of quick through here, but hey, what are you going to do? So uh, he died April the 14th. He's buried all that 15th. Uh, April the 15th was the second feast day. That's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He's the true bread, and he ain't risen yet. You understand? See, but he was preaching those spirits which were in prison. See, that's what it said. Get that. First Peter 3 and 18, I think it is, 18 and 19, one in place there. So that, you know, there have been, matter of fact, see, just like she was <clears> saying, <throat> how that lamb was held over four days. Well, see, there was 4,033 years of souls 
<laughs> you know, because mm. uh, Abel had been killed. You understand? And 4,033 years of souls, they couldn't be resurrected till Yahshua Messiah comes. And that's what he says in John eleven twenty five. He said, I'm the resurrection, the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, how are they going to believe if they, he don't tell them? And he told them, why, you know, go ahead and read that. Got it? First Peter 3 and 18 or something. Yes, yes. That's First Peter 3 and 19. I'll start at 18. For the Messiah also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to Yahweh, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Yeah, you see that? That's that's he's preaching the gospel, ain't he? Read. Mm -hmm. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. See, that's what he did. See, just that they was eating the Passover that night. See, after they put him in the tomb, you understand that spirit was preaching to those spirits which were in prison. They've been held in bondage for four thousand and thirty-three years. Oh well, you know some some of them, but you had a lot of souls that had died. And like Job said in 1925, he said, I know my Redeemer living. But in the latter days, I shall see him for myself. Those skin worms devour this body. I'll see him for myself and not for another. You understand? And so all those guys have died down there. And then, and then he preaches to them. And he preached to them, I'm the Messiah. You understand? And those that believed on him, they resurrected with him after his resurrection. See? And then, uh, like it says uh, in Revelation 20th chapter, it's talking about his resurrection that thousand years and says the rest of the dead live not again till the thousand years were finished. Those rest of the dead were the people living on the airplane. And that's the other part of John eleven twenty five. 25. He said, I'm the resurrection life. He that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die believest thou this and mm -hmm. you ain't gonna you won't die you won't have the second death <laughs> right well you might as well read that get revelation 20 and 5 and 6 see it's not saying that you ain't because dr kinley took off the flesh mm -hmm. you understand you had a lot of people take off the flesh you know last year uh, uh you know dr eugene brazil took off the flesh everybody takes off the flesh you understand? But it's the spirit. It's the soul. You know, if you if you if your soul had been resurrected by the Holy Spirit, then you have eternal life. Mm -hmm. You understand? In other words, there's life after death. And see, right. from the fall of Adam, he was alive and then he died in his conscience. So that was death after life. <laughs> and then that death passed upon all men. And then took Yahshua Messiah to taste for that, or to die for that. Oh, you might as well get that. Get uh, Hebrews 2 and 9. Uh, what's the other, what do we got here? Oh, yeah, Revelation. We got Revelations right now. If you yeah, read that. 2 and 9 for right now, and then we'll get to Revelation 20 and 5 there. That's Hebrews 2 and 9. Mm -hmm. But we see Yahshua, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, having been made for a little while, a little lower than the angels so that by the grace of Yahweh he should taste death for every man Say for the grace of Yahweh he tasted death for every man read the mm -hmm. 14th verse 
14th verse, for as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the adversary. So see, he, he put death to death. <laughs> he destroyed him by his death. You understand? So that's what happened when they were in bondage in Egypt. Pharaoh and his host is representing the satanic spirit, and he by through the lamb being killed, and they eat, you know, eat the Passover feast, which that's what you're doing. The words he speaks, their spirit and their life. That's a true Passover feast there. But anyway... And you know what it says in um, Matthew 25, uh, 24, 35, he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Mm -hmm. Why? Because his words are spirit in their life. You understand? And there also can be written in your heart and mind. Mm. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. I got a lot of things going. Eh? So you got uh, April 14th, the Savior dies. He's buried in a tomb, all that 15th. That's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then he resurrects a quickening spirit, and that's the Feast of First Fruits. He's the first fruits of them that slept on the third day. Okay. And he didn't resurrect no physical body. How you know that? Because when you go to the creation, the earth without form and void, that's in a death state. Water's covered over. That's a burial. Water, earth's buried. And then on the third day, the waters roll back and the seed of vegetation come forth on the third day. And the mm -hmm. plants that come forth on the third day, they ain't got flesh and blood. Showing those are the first fruits on the earth plane. Showing the first fruits of Joshua Messiah is going to resurrect. And they he resurrected with a whole bunch of souls. You understand? 4,033 years of my side. Because coming out of Egypt, there was a whole bunch of uh, souls resurrected wasn't it? and when you eat that passover it says you take it according to the number of souls right see and that's really what this gospel is that's what yashua yashua's in the soul saving business mm -hmm. and so we're doing our father's business <laughs> preaching the gospel it will save souls you understand see the salvation for them and and, and, and it'll, it'll save you from the wrath of yahweh you might as well read that Get Romans 5 and 9. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Get 5 and 9. Another one, get 1 Timothy uh, 1 and 10, maybe it is. Romans 5 and 9. I'll start at 8. But Yahweh commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, the Messiah died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we should be saved from the wrath through him. You see that? See how the gospel saved you from the wrath through him? You see him preaching the gospel too? He died for us when we were uh, sinners. You understand? He's talking about himself there because he'd already died for us. He already took care of the sin. You know, he's talking, you know, see, sometimes when he says, read, read that 5 8 again. I'm sorry, I muted myself. Uh, you want me to start at eight? Yeah, right where you okay. were. But Yahweh commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Who's them we? Who's right. them we? That's the guys that was living at that time mm -hmm. when we were sinners. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. The Messiah died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's it. So, so what's going on is just as they was in bondage to Egypt and they were saved by the blood of the lamb and by the, by the lamb being killed and by a death, burial, resurrection, 
it's showing that that man was in bondage to sin and death. And it took the blood of Yahshua Messiah to die for the sin. You know, what? I want to get that too in the pattern. Leviticus uh, 17, 11, read that. That's Leviticus 17 and 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is so, the blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Keep reading. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. See, that's in, see down there, that's in Egypt, the blood on the uh, four points of the door. Then in the tabernacle, the blood that was put on the altar, the four points of the altar, it says it's the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. It's showing that Yahshua Messiah is making that atonement for the soul. And that atonement mm -hmm. means that oneness there, see. Get, uh, okay. Uh, so it said that we were saved by wrath through him, see. That's what we're saved from. He already saved he saved the world from their sins 2,000 years ago, but it just has to be revealed to you. You know what I'm saying? The gospel has to be preached to you so you can understand it. See? That's a long subject there. Mm -hmm. But get uh, go ahead and get the first uh, Thessalonians 1 and 10 there. First Thessalonians 1 and 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Yahshua, which believed, excuse me, which delivered us from the wrath to come. See, Yahshua Messiah, he delivered or he's saving you from the wrath that is to come. Mm -hmm. See, just like we do John 3, 16, Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And a lot of people, they don't know what 17 says. It says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the 18th verse said, but the world's condemned already because it hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of Yahweh. That's that precious name of Yahshua Messiah as the previous speaker is talking about. And in Acts 4 and 12, when they received the Holy Spirit and uh, they healed that man in the third, well, see, Acts 2 and 4, it said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit mm -hmm. gave them utterance. That's why we don't speak like the world do. You don't hear lectures like what the world teaches in this school because because uh we're speaking as the spirit give us others that's what began this age and matter of fact it began at uh on june 6th year 4034 see that would have been his 34th birthday there see uh these are great mysteries see and it this and then this man has a vision of revelation june 6 1931 <laughs> and it was the holy spirit speaking through him that's why we're able to put these things on charts you would never see these things see uh well since i'm on that well you might as well read five or nine there of thessalonians since you're there okay that's first thessalonians five and nine sorry for Yahweh has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Yeah, he ain't appointed you to wrath, but obtain salvation through Yahshua the Messiah. That's what it's about there, see? And that's what his name means. See, when they mm -hmm. healed that man, that acts the, uh, uh, well, 
In Acts 2.38, that's what they love to get there. He preached the gospel, and, and they, said, they said, well, sirs, what shall we do? And he said, repent and be changed. And, and repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name mm -hmm. of Yahshua Messiah, and you shall receive remission of sins. It's a gospel being preached in the name of Yahshua that your sins are forgiven. You can't be giving somebody else credit for what Yahshua did, and that's what the devil did. Don't put Jesus' name in the Bible and say, Jesus is your Savior. And, and you know, we'll talk about Yahshua be out there preaching out there, and the guy go, oh, uh, it by the, by the, by the blood of Jesus, I rebuke you. I said, that ain't going to do nothing. You understand? Why? Because it ain't Jesus. It ain't Jesus could have never existed. You understand? Jesus could never be your Savior because there wasn't no J to call him Jesus. The Savior was a born Hebrew, and there ain't no J in the Hebrew alphabet. You know, that's some simple stuff. Plus, the letter J is 400 years old. <laughs> you understand? But you just have to research that and find it out for yourself. So you just ain't listening to somebody talk about it. You look it up for yourself, then you know that if the letter J is 400 years old in the English alphabet, they couldn't have called him Jesus. Matter of fact, you know, those English people took them wise out of the Bible, put Jesus there. And then you know what they did? They even conquered uh, the Spanish in Jamaica, changed the name of their country from Jamaica to Jamaica. It had an X in front of it. They, they got so J crazy, they just put J there. <laughs> Even King James wasn't King James. He was King Imes. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, you got the Hebrews, uh, I mean, um, the Revelation 20 and 5, I think I had that. Oh, yeah. And so at, so he says that you might uh, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Yahshua Messiah, and you shall receive re the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit and said, this promise is unto you and unto your father and unto them that are far off. See that? That's a, uh, that was at uh, Acts 2, 38, 39, 40, something like that. Okay. Get a, uh, oh, then, then they healed the man, Acts third chapter. They, they're going into the temple. They said, oh, silver and gold. We ain't got none of that. But what we have in the name of Yahshua rise and walk, and buddy was leaping into the temple. Mm -hmm. uh, so he healed that man physically. Do you know what happened? Uh, you might as well get that. Get uh, John 14 and 12. And, and, then, and then, you know, and, and like Dr. Kinley said, they arrested him for that. <laughs> Put him in prison for healing a man. You understand? You see how jealous they were? That's crazy. But they just, did, they just didn't understand and didn't like what they were preaching, so they were persecuted. Because Yahshua said that in uh, Matthew 10, 34. He said, uh, I didn't come to send peace on the earth, but a sword. Mm -hmm. And he said, because I, I come to divide between the man and, the, uh, and his father and the woman and, his, and her mother. And, the, you know, it says all kinds of stuff. What's that division? Well, the division is when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's enmity against the carnal mind, and they're going to persecute, persecute you. You know, just like Paul said, you know, he told him Galatians and Galatians about four something there, uh, right before 414, 415, somewhere around there. He tell him, look, you would have plucked your eye out and give it to me. That's how much you 
uh, appreciate the gospel being preached. Then he says, now have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth now? Mm -hmm. You understand? And that's what happens. Sometimes you check somebody on what they say and they, you're now the enemy. You understand? Right. All we're doing is trying to correct you with the scriptures. Tell you the truth. And they get crazy and say all kinds of stupid stuff about you. You understand? Both say it to your face, though. <laughs> Go. Okay, uh, we've got to move on there. Um, okay, so in Acts 4 and 12, they done got them out of the prison, or Acts 4 and 7. He says, uh, he says, by what name or what power did you do this healing here? And he told him in 4 and 10, well, it said it was the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter. And then 4 and 10, it said, be it known unto you all. It's for everybody now. And to all the children of Israel, that by the name of Yahshua Messiah, whom you crucified, whom you raised from the dead, does this man stand before you whole? This is the stone which you builders have rejected, now become the head of the corner. Mm -hmm. Neither is there salvation in any other. If you ain't got shoe on the name of your Savior, there ain't no salvation mm -hmm. in it, see? <laughs> Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name. That's too simple. There's only one name. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby man can be saved, uh, must be saved, must be saved. And then it says, then they saw that Peter and John were ignorant, unlearned men, but they said, they recognized that they had been with Yahshua. And like Dr. Kinley said, you know, that ignorant, unlearned man, he wrote the book of Revelation. And they still ain't figured that out yet. <laughs> it's because the Holy Spirit showed it to him. You got a Revelation 20 and 5? Yes. Revelation 20 and 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. See, the rest of the dead, after he resurrected, that's the thousand years, the day he resurrected. That's a great mystery. It's in the pink pamphlet, though. You can read it. And, and, uh, and, and he, the rest of the dead are, all, are, the, are the disciples. <laughs> And Apostle Paul and all them that got the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? That, that began this age. Uh, the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years finished. They had to wait 50 days after the resurrection. That's the thousand years. Read on. This is the first resurrection. This is the first resurrection. Mm -hmm. See, the, him resurrecting those souls the day he resurrected. And when he poured out the Holy Spirit in heart and mind. That's the resurrection. That's the first resurrection. And they're saying this ain't happened yet. See how wrong you can be? Read. Mm -hmm. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall so be So they say the blessed and holy is he hath part in the, first, the resurrection still been going on since the day of Pentecost. Ever since he poured out the Holy Spirit. It's going on up to the day you can be resurrected. You understand? Mm -hmm. See, and well, in part, the second death hath no power over you. What's the second death? Read the 14th and 15th verse. Mm -hmm. 14th verse. And the death, excuse me, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And he said death and hell was cast in the lake of fire. So before you come to school, you thought hell was the lake of fire. Right. He said death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. Read on. Mm-hmm. And whosoever was not found written in the book and of life. And he said that's the second death. Mm -hmm. 
So when he said that the ones that are in the first resurrection, the second death have no power over them, that means you ain't going to the lake. That means right. your soul ain't going to be damned. That means you were saved from the wrath of Yahweh. See that? Mm -hmm. Praise Yahshua. Okay, so Philippians, so Acts, uh, Philippians 2 and 10, she was 9, says, Yahweh has highly exalted him and given mm -hmm. him a name which is above every name, that the name of Yahshua, every knee shall bow and every tongue gonna confess. If you don't bow now, you will later. That's right. <laughs> you understand? Uh, to the glory of Yahweh. You understand the, the, the name, the powerful name of Yahshua Messiah. There's a lot of great stuff in the name. So, but I'm kind of was thinking about since you had the scripture lessons, try to cover that a little bit here. Go back to the Moses chart there. Uh, uh, yeah, he's got the lake of fire there. Yeah, I didn't even have my eyes on much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so here you got the, the uh, kill the lamb April 14th. They're buried in the cloud and see they resurrect on the third day, showing a death, burial, resurrection. 50 days later is when Yahweh spoke down the law, Ten Commandment law. And you see on this chart here, you see how it's got the lips there, and then it's got the table of stone, the two tables of stone, and it's got the, see, when Yahweh spoke that law down to them, he, we, as was said, I think it's in the Ellen book, that he's simultaneously written it in tables of stone. And you got three laws on one side and three on the other. And then the 58 lecture on the one table and the, on the other table there, there's two tables of stone. See. And he, in the 58, he says uh, that three is representing Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, and the seven's representing the, through the how he's operating his purpose through the seven dispensation ages. You know what I'm saying? You would never know. I mean, the, the things he saw are just beautiful. Uh, and then it was June 6th when he spoke the law down. That's the old covenant. And it was dedicated with blood. Because in the 24th chapter, they offer up, you know, he had he wrote it. So they said, don't let him write to us no more. And I think 2022 says he spoke to them from heaven. Mm. See? And that was Joshua back there. Anyway, it's a great mystery. Okay. And, uh, and then he was told in Exodus 24 and 12 to go. Well, you all know the story pretty much, I would say. But uh, there might be new people. So in uh, Exodus, so after he spoke the law down. They said, Moses, don't speak to let him speak to us no more. You find out what he wants. Then Moses wrote those things in a book. And then he then they, they killed these sacrifices. He took the the he read it in the audience of the people and sprinkled the book and the people with blood, showing that they had he had uh, enjoined them to a covenant because they said, Oh, Yahweh said, What we do? That's the old covenant given to them. And it had 613 laws and ordinances. And see what happened is Adam brought down, well, you know, in other words, when, uh, in Romans 8 and 6, it says to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when Adam died in his conscience, that was death and that brought carnal mindedness unto all mankind. And Yahweh gives the children of Israel carnal ordinances to go along with the carnal mind they had. And after about seven days after he spoke the law down, then it says, then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel. And Dr. Kinley has that on the chart. We didn't even know that was in the Bible. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. That was Joshua transfiguring before them. There was under his feet a pavework of a sapphire stone, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the noble's truth, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw Elohim and did eat and drink.
Then Moses, then in Exodus 20 and 12, what did he tell Moses? 24 and 12, sorry. That's Exodus 24 and 12. And Yahweh said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. Okay, so you see, he gonna get, he's got to go up there to get them tables of stone, see. And then when he, and the reason they see Elohim, because he's going to transform back in the pattern, just like you see Dr. Kinley has on there, and then back into himself, then he sees the creation come in in six days. And it says there in Exodus 24, 16, which you all know this, we repeat things. Exodus 24, 16 says, uh, uh, and the glory of Yahweh abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days, and there's a colon there. And that's where, see, that's why they had to see the creator, because the creator is going to show him the creation that he created in the six days of his vision. And the seventh day he rested, see. Uh, then he saw the tabernacle for 33 days, showing how important the pattern is, see. And, uh, oh boy, so much to do. I can't really. Uh, so when he comes down with them table of stone, see, you see with them table of stone in his hand? They done built a golden calf, and you see Yahshua pointing out. See, it's Yahshua has to point out the what the devil does. You understand? <laughs> Moses, he don't understand that because he saw Adam and Eve in a peaceful state. So, but he had a vision though, but he didn't have the revelation yet. So he cast the table of stone down, showing that they had uh, broken the covenant that mm. they'd made with the children of Israel. Then in Exodus, the 34th chapter, he's told to write up, uh, to make two tables of stone, like unto the ones he broke, and come back up into the mount. So he was up there 40 days having the vision. Then he's down there 40 days telling them to build. Well, at first he tells the Levites to kill everybody who had something to do with it, and 3,000 yeah. fell that day. But then, then that was 3,000 being subtracted. But on the day of Pentecost, there was 3,000 added that day. You understand? Mm. The preaching of the gospel see uh because he'd taken away the sin of the world they were worshiping the beast but when yashua messiah take okay so um boy so yashua messiah's death burial resurrection ascension when he poured out the holy spirit that was june 6th that was the law of the spirit of life of yashua messiah uh being they being have them made made free from the law of sin and death see adam sinned there was death they died spiritually in his heart and mind that day the children of Israel, they were under the law of sin and death. You sin, something's going to die. Sometimes it was you if you broke his Ten Commandments. You understand? See, and, uh, uh, and, and, and if you take the initials of law of sin and death, you got LSD. And some of us had took LSD before we come into school. <laughs> and, but it's showing forth Lucifer, Satan, the devil. And we all had a little taste of that. Mm -hmm. You understand? That is a law of spiritual sin and spiritual death, see? Uh, anyway, uh, let's go, let's go. Okay, so after he's down there 40 days, he tells them to make a tabernacle. Then he goes back up there 40 days with a second table of stone. Uh, you might as well read 3427 of Exodus. That's Exodus 34 and 27. And Yahweh said unto Moses, write thou these words, for after the tenor... What's after the... Uh, say it again and do the punctuation after that. Read again. 
3427. And Yahweh said unto Moses, write thou these words, colon. That's where he's, that's where Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 and 4 and 5 and 6, all the way up to 50 and all the other stuff. You understand? Because he was up there on his third trip. He sees a rerun of the creation. That's why you have Genesis 2. Then he sees the transgression of Adam and Eve in the garden and all that other stuff. That's where he saw it. Okay? Keep reading. For after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with Yahweh 40 days and 40 nights. Mm. He didn't either eat nor he didn't either eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant. The yeah, that was the second table of stone. Okay. Then when you go to Deuteronomy, uh, read Deuteronomy uh, 9 and 10. That's Deuteronomy. Now, that, now, what Deuteronomy is, that's 40 years later after we just wrote this, and Moses is repeating the things to the, the new birth right before they're ready to go over. So Deuteronomy, that's why we call it the second writing of the law. It, law it's, he's telling them what happened 40 years earlier. Read. Deuteronomy 9 and 10. And Yahweh delivered unto me two tables of stone, written with the finger of Elohim. And on them was written according to all the words with Yahweh. With so Yahweh it was written by the finger of Elohim, and that's the first table of stone that he broke. Does it say cast them down? Well, I know if you keep reading there, it'll say he'll cast them down. Mm -hmm. Then when you read 10, 1 through 5, he'll say, I, uh, Yahweh told me write up two tables of stone, another set of tables of stone, and he said I made an ark to put them in. Mm -hmm. And then he come down out of the mount after that second trip, and that's that at Deuteronomy uh, uh, 10, 1 through 5, and it might say he wrote with the finger, I'm not sure. Okay, haven't looked at it in a while. Okay, so what you see is there's two sets of tables of stone, and he put the second table of stone in the ark of the covenant okay mm -hmm. now get deuteronomy 27 1 and 2 there maybe oh so it's written with the finger just like she was saying there were 10 plagues in egypt that's why you got 10 toes yahweh wrote the 10 the 10 commandments with the 10 with the finger that's why you got 10 fingers <laughs> read on 27 deuteronomy 27 and uh one and two try to read that this is Deuteronomy 27 and 1. And Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, keep all the commandments. Oh, five minutes. Wow. Okay. Keep going. Okay. I'll tell you what. <laughs> five minutes. Okay. I see it. I'm going to have to cook now. <laughs> I, 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 was moving, I was moving too slow. It's time to get busy. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is what happened. Okay. It was Joshua back there. He the one writing it. He wrote those two tablestones, put the second tablestone in the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Now, here he tells him, Moses tells him, you go out, when you go over to the Canaan land, you take, you, you take, you take, you write these plaster of stones, and then you write the whole book of the law on them. Okay. Now, when Joshua took them over, he did write on them. You read that in uh, Joshua, the eighth chapter, about the 31st verse. And it'll say he wrote on them them all the words of the law then you read later on it said he even read it to the people okay 
That was him writing it the first time. And then in Joshua, in the prophets, we're saying, you know, he's in the most holy place there, right? Yeah. You see that? Uh, and you can read that. You just write it down, check it out yourself. Then when you go to, at the end of his ministry, at the end of the 40 years, Joshua's up there in Joshua 24th chapter, about the 26th verse, he said he wrote all the books of the law and put that book or all the things of the law in a book and then put it under a great stone and put it under an oak. Mm -hmm. So that's him writing it twice when he was over there in the most holy place. So you see how he's writing it twice in the law, twice in the prophets. Then when you got Ezekiel, thir uh, I mean, uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 said, Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers when I brought them out of the land of, by the hand, bring them out of the land of Egypt with my covenant break, or as a husband unto them, saith Yahweh, but this shall be the covenant I'll make with them after those days. See, he's going to make mm -hmm. them after those days. I'll put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. So he's right. showing about how they broke the covenant. Uh, he's going to make a new one, not like the old one. So when Yahshua Messiah come in, in John the 8th chapter, he wrote it. He, 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 the woman's sinning, caught, caught in adultery, and he's writing in the sand one time. Then it says, who's without sin? Let him cast first stone. They all run away, and he goes back down, writes in the stone a second time, because he's fulfilling it. He was the one writing it back in the law and the prophets twice. You understand? Then he dies, buries, resurrects, ascends, and pours out the Holy Spirit. That brought in the new covenant. So then the scripture lesson, it says, do we begin to commend ourselves? Do we need letters of commendation from you? And I remember going to, in our church, uh, they'd say, oh, we got a letter of transfer from this person. They was in this mm. Presbyterian church, and now they don't come to our church. You don't need no letter of commendation from you or to you. Why? Because it says you are our epistle, known and read of all men. And in Isaiah 45, I mean, uh, Psalms 45 and 1, it says, I speak, I, my, my heart's indicted in a good matter. I speak the things concerning the king. My tongue is a pen of a ready writing. I speak, you understand? So that's when the gospel's being preached, when the Holy Spirit has given somebody a vision and revelation, and he's filled them with the Holy Spirit. They're going to preach the true gospel of the kingdom in the name of Yahshua Messiah, and people are going to receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 said, whom also you trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. After you believed, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And it does make us able ministers of the New Testament. You understand? Uh, when you go to Galatians 3 and about 14. Uh, am I done now? I don't even know how many minutes I got. Go ahead. Read on. April, do you have it? You um, Galatians what now? Three? 14. Galatians 3 and um, 14. 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come unto the nations through Yahshua the Messiah, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, that's what it is. You have faith, which is Yahshua Messiah, and the gospel being preached, uh, he establishes your faith and he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit, see? And in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, it says, even the mystery, which was hid from ages, was hid from them other ages. It says, but now is being manifest to his sons, uh, which is this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Yahshua the Messiah in you. 
your only hope of glory. See, that, that spirit that made our physical bodies and gives us physical life, that's saying you can receive the Holy Spirit and it's the one that's going to change this vile body into one like and under his glorious body. That's what it says in Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Now, the King James will say our conversations in heaven from whence we look for Yahshua Messiah. Holy name will say our citizenships in heaven. You didn't know you was a citizenship of heaven when you received the Holy Spirit. Our citizenship in heaven from whence we look for Yahshua Messiah who shall change our vile body into one like and unto his glorious body. See, that spirit, that, that's what you have to receive in this age. It's <laughs> Holy Spirit, and then that's what's going to give you an immortal, glorified body that you can have eternal life and be. Uh, that's some good news, ain't it? Uh, that's probably the five minutes, I guess. Might have been more than that. Uh, uh, I'll keep going if you. <laughs> yeah, you got you got about you got three more minutes. Three more minutes, boy! I got a yeah. long time now. <laughs> <laughs> You might as well read the scripture lesson through there a little bit there. Well, read Dr. through your, one of you was at Galatians, wasn't you? You still got that? Uh, which one in Galatians? Third chapter. When it yes. said, uh, 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 oh, foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Did you mm -hmm. receive the spirit by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Then the fifth verse says, what? He therefore then ministereth to you the spirit. And that's what we're ministering unto you is the spirit see mm -hmm. 316 what does that say galatians 316 now to abraham and his seed were the promises made he saith not to seeds plural but to thy seed singular which is his messiah see they think they think that you know that they're the chosen uh, we're i'm a jew i i'm better than you no it ain't about the physical seed. It's the spiritual seed, which is Joshua the Messiah, the Holy Spirit poured out. And I think 26 says, uh, uh, many of us are baptized under the Messiah have put on the Messiah. You understand? There's no, no Jew or Gentile bond or free. Uh, you know, in other words, you've been baptized into the spirit. Seed. Okay, the scripture lesson says, you are our epistles, known and read of all men. In other words, you're the ones being written written on in your heart and mind it ain't in the bible new testament ain't in the bible he'd say he'd write it in your heart and mind it said not with ink then what's the third verse say you are epistles known and read of all men second corinthians three and three right yeah. Finish second off mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. go ahead Lauren. second corinthians three and three for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistles of the messiah ministered by us written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living Elohim. See, it ain't written with ink. It ain't in the book. See, that's why New Testament ain't written in, it, in no Bible. It ain't written with ink, but with the spirit of the living Elohim. See, Holy Spirit writing it. Read. Mm -hmm. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Yeah, he's, he's working through your brains. <laughs> fleshly tables of the heart. In the heart and mind of mankind. Read. Mm -hmm. And such trust have we through the Messiah to Yahweh work, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to te think anything as of ourselves. Yeah, it ain't about us exalting ourselves, read. Mm -hmm. But our sufficiency is of Yahweh. That's it, read. Mm -hmm. Who also 
has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Yeah, it's about the spirit. It ain't about the letter or the writings. He read. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And it has killed them because they think they look into the Bible instead of looking to Joshua. And you do have to know what's in the Bible, though. But you got to realize it was the Holy Spirit that wrote it, so it takes the Holy Spirit to explain it to you. Read. Mm -hmm. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved okay. in stone. Yeah, that's fine. It talk about the ministry. Well, there's so much there. And the mm -hmm. 17th verse just said, uh, Yahweh is spirit, and where the spirit of Yahweh is, there is liberty. So there's freedom. So uh, uh, it was good to see the brethren, uh, or be with the brethren. <laughs> Hopefully you learned something. This is the greatest teaching in the world. Keep coming back. All praise and honor and glory go to Yahweh and to his son, Yash Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Frank Lewis. And for our last five minutes, we have a Yes. Go ahead. Uh, we have some comments from the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Well, good afternoon, class. Um, it's uh, good to see everyone in attendance and that they are being diligent to their supporting of the Southfield branch and of the gospel in its entirety as it was taught by our founder and Dean. Now, we are going through some trying times as most of our class members have uh, heard about or even read about. I just want to assure the class that the, me as your dean and the members of the class board are making every effort we can that we continue to have the ability to spread this gospel on a regular and consistent basis as we have done in the past. And I want you to be rest assured that our ultimate goal, if Yahshua allows or permits, is that we resume our in-person classes when we find a building that is appropriate. We're taking steps right now to ensure that we will have uh, dedicated funds for working towards a building. And after all, me and the board talked about it and we realized that that's the reason people donate to this class so that we can hold in place selectors. Now, I know there's a lot of discrepancy and disapproval coming from other branches about our being on YouTube. And we have taken the necessary steps that they've asked and demanded of us in order to continue to do this. I want to have something read by the treasurer of the school that Dr. Kenley said about what he would like to see happen to this gospel. And I know there's been things said that um, we shouldn't do YouTube and things like that. But to me, it's a tool that Yahweh has placed at our access to accomplish just this one thing. Um, Madam Treasurer, could you read that for me, please? Um, it's taken from the first national convention and it's after all of the roll call. This is 1967, July 15th, 1967. And it goes all the way down. Um, let me see if I can get it. I was looking at it on my phone. And it's okay, just start reading. Just start okay. reading. It, it is um, a paragraph when Dr. Kinley starts talking. It's after the student body says, okay, all right, and then laughs. Then you've got one, two, three paragraphs before Dr. Kinley states, make this one statement. He says, now look, there's another thing I want to put before you. Right there. Do right right you see it, Lauren? If, 
Now look, there's another thing I want to put before you. That's the middle paragraph right there. And I want it understood crystal clearly. No misunderstanding about it. This is the truth. And our objective and purpose for the establishment of the Institute is to propagate it not only in Springfield or in states in which we are incorporated or in the United States wherein we do at this time abide, but we want it to go around the world. And that's what your job is, to help us to publish and to propagate, to defend, to uphold, and to endorse all over the world. Because we claim, we say that this is it. Now is that clearly understood? I think and believe that everybody ought to do their uttermost, make all kinds of sacrifices necessary, even to the loss of your life, to defend the truth. I want you to be fully conscious of that. So as you see, that's what's driving us that has come directly from the founder. And we are working towards that effort that we continue to spread this gospel as we have been somewhat successful in the Southfield branch, having listeners that tuning in from Australia, far away as Malaysia. So our ambition, our desire is to continue to spread the gospel of Yahshua and Messiah so that someone might be saved. And I want to thank our visitors for joining with us and their support that they give us. And I love the fact that they are upholding the truth whenever we ask them to support us. Thank you. And everyone will see you next class session. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. That concludes our lecture for uh, today's class, our Zoom class. And we want to welcome everyone back to study with us again. Our classes are held here Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Zoom format from um, 6.30 until 8.30 and on Sundays from 1.30 until 3.30. We will close now with doxology, the last two verses from the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah.